like to welcome back to the show i have the wonderful jim davis welcome to the show jim i'm back you are back welcome back you're back with a new album um (laughs) funnily enough it didn't take long did it no it didn't at all uh we had you on uh it was last year wasn't it um yes for head wars and uh yeah you since since then you've uh you released the remix uh edition of head wars mm. uh, which was fantastic uh you also did uh shadow addict as well uh with a couple mm. of your friends which we'll yep. talk about in a bit and you've got yep. a new album solo album uh called pray yep. later which is out now everybody so you can push pause and you can go listen to that <laughs> um, that's the priority here um, <laughs> yeah, don't listen to us talk bollocks. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, like I said, welcome back to the show. Uh, it's 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 like I said, it's been a it's been a over a year and a bit. We've the world's gone through a lot, um, and we're sort of oh, I wouldn't say we're seeing the other side of it to a certain degree. I think we're sort of yeah. in the tunnel still. Um, but you know, through that, since last time I've spoken to you, how have you been? First and foremost, good. But like most people, just bored mm. as well. I mean, for me, I suppose I'm in quite a lucky position because I sit here in my studio in normal times. I'd be sat here in my studio writing and and you know recording and stuff like that. So when the whole work from home thing came into, I was well, I have been for the last ten years. Yeah. So that didn't really affect me that much. But I suppose it just gave me a bit more focus. That I thought, well, everyone else is working from home and there's everyone's got a lot of time on their hands it made me want to be a little bit more productive because i felt like i should be more productive you know i was like the same as a lot of people the first couple of months of lockdown i was like this is brilliant yeah i got out red dead redemption 2 and started (laughs) all these games that i'd been wanting to play but felt like i couldn't justify it because you know it's just a waste of time but a really good waste of time yeah (laughs) i just thought yeah i spent first couple of months of lockdown i just yeah just enjoyed it really and um but then I got stuck into doing the Head Wars album and really got on a roll with the music and um, and sort of I've really just sort of carried that on. Yeah. Just because it's something to do. Yeah. Really. It's just, you know, it's not something I'm doing with any sort of grand illusions of, you know, I've been doing this whole thing solo, these last couple of solo albums, very low expectations. You know, I know that there's going to be like a, a few hundred people are going to be into it, maybe possibly even less, but that's not what it's about for me. It's more about sort of being able to realise the sort of music I've always wanted to make and, and do it myself. Because yeah. in the past, I've never really believed I could do that. And I've always just been a guitar player. Yeah. So it's been like a long sort of learning curve for me since I stopped playing live and stopped playing in bands and concentrated on writing music for, you know, soundtracks and TV and stuff like that. It's really made me a million times better musician than I ever was when I was in a band. So it was just a case of like, thinking well i should use the time i've got and it's just it would have have been a waste i think just to spend all that time on red dead redemption i mean i spent a lot of it but yeah (laughs) yeah so i've been good i've been i've been good i've been pretty busy really and sometimes i beat myself up that you know i'm lazy and i don't do very much and i should be writing more but and then occasionally i'll get to the end of the year like now and i'll look back and go i've actually done quite a lot because i think i write pretty quick it doesn't take me long when I get my head stuck into... I was talking to someone else about this the other day. In the old days, like when you were doing a band, it, you'd have, it would be like a year, an album would take up a year, wouldn't it? You'd, yeah. You'd sort of have a, almost like three or four months at least, maybe more, five, six months to write the album, 
then you've got to go and find a producer and that takes loads of time and then get it mixed and it's like a year-long project sometimes yeah but because technology has moved on so much and i'm pretty quick i can get stuff done when i'm on a roll i can get it done pretty quick so i feel like i get quite a lot done and i still have a lot of time to to piss around on call of duty and stuff like that and that's good you need you need that break you do need that break yeah and video games are a solid break i've been engrossing myself in forza 5 recently um really? on the xbox and uh because it's part of the ultimate game pass thing it was it's, right. well it's not free you pay a monthly subscription but it was part of their launch day games and stuff so mm. um been rinsing I, that and i've said i got back really into this game called sorry i got really into huh? this game called ghost of tashima that was oh yeah that is yes i I got a little bit too into that i started but i brought myself like a load of japanese swords i get very involved barnaby (laughs) if i get into something i'm in it and um yeah i remember i I brought like a samurai headband i brought like a load of swords i got loads of samurai like stuff (laughs) get a bit over get a bit over for for the first month that game came out i just thought i was a samurai i just lived it it's great. Yeah, it's a game. I, I unfortunately I haven't played. I don't have a PlayStation, so it it it's kind of it's escaped me for now until I get one. Um, but yeah, no, I've I've heard nothing but good things about that game. So, and I stupidly discovered um, Assassin's Creed, and I've oh. never never played Assassin's Creed, and I discovered it during lockdown, and then God, that that I've spent dread to think how long I've spent playing those games. It's amazing that I've got an album out. To be honest, <laughs> well, actually, it makes me realise how many more I probably could have done if I hadn't been running around on a horse <laughs> most of it, running around, riding around. Yeah, I was going to say it's all good fun. It's all good fun. I say Assassin's Creed as well. It has um, there are certain aspects of it that are, or the architecture in it is is accurate. So there's a lot of times where yes. I played that game and I've gone somewhere in the world. And I look at a building and I'm like, I've climbed that building. <laughs> you know, it's so great. Well, this is the weird thing. This is the weird thing in the new game, the Valhalla one. Yeah. Uh, I ended up, because I live in Colchester. Mm. So when I actually arrived at the gates of Colchester, I was like, oh, this is so cool. This is amazing. You know, and I was sort of riding around going, yeah, I reckon I know where that is. <laughs> but it got a little bit, I, I got, again, I got too involved in the game and, I'd be going, taking my dog for a walk and we'd walk past a church and I'd look at the church and I'd start thinking of ways of climbing up it. And I'd shoot, <laughs> that, I'd shoot out that window. I'd probably, and you start forgetting that there's real life out there. But, yes. you know, things are slowly getting back to normal now and um, I'm starting to sort of try and spend a little bit less time doing it. I yeah. keep beating myself up and going, at your age, should you really be spending this amount of time on a PlayStation? But why not? Yeah. Who cares, really? Yeah, why not? It's, it's it's the same as anyone sitting in front of a TV show and, and binging that. It's the same as anyone, yeah. you know, as I say, reading a book. You know, it, it, it's like a lot of those games have story. It's not just running around and, you know, stabbing people or shooting people. I mean, sometimes, yes, it is. But, you know, in a lot of these games, there is a storyline. <laughs> so I've always, like, I've always been into gaming, though. I mean, yeah. I'm sat here, just I just looked across there, and I've got loads of old Amstrad. I used to have an Amstrad 64, that oh. was the first computer I had. Nice. And I've still got the cassettes over there. I can see them now, all those games I used to play when I was, I don't know, 12, 13, 14. So I've always been massively into gaming. Yeah. It was great. That was the best thing about being on tour. You just have days of like just sitting around on the bus playing games. It's brilliant. Loved it. Yeah. I remember touring. It was crazy. <laughs> Breaking out the games console in the back of the bus. It was yeah. all good. Um, 
only rarely only, only towards the end we had that before that it was all like well handheld gaming systems and Game Boy if you had one or anything like that or PSP as it turned out to be as well so but yeah I mean like uh, over this like, sort of like past year obviously you've produced this new album but you did do something called Shadow Addict mm. which we'll have a chat about now um, it yeah. was with uh, Jason uh, Bold um, yeah. and uh, oh god his name's escaped me Jamie Jamie how's it from yeah, um, from Bullets and um, Tut Up Nick Tut-Tut. Kingsley who I work with all the time yes yeah, well, the story behind that was me and Nick write a lot of music together outside of, like, commercial music, whatever you want to call it. We do it for, uh, you know, TV and promos and film stuff. And we were working on an album of um, Metalcore, it was called. And um, it just was really brutally heavy stuff. And we just both said to each other, wouldn't it be cool just to do a side project of this sort of stuff? So I ended up writing some stuff with Nick. And um, we just thought, well how are we going to find a singer? And we got Jason involved, obviously, because yeah. he was, cause, because Jason had worked with me on the Head Wars album with Nick, we, we sort of really got on really, really well, the three of us. Well, I mean, me and Baldy have always got on. We've known each other for years, but he, he met up with Nick and we just thought we should do something, do a project together. So, we, again, it was that age-old thing of who's going to sing because I can't sing that style of stuff. My voice is very sort of like more, a bit more punky and very limited. I can't do the music so heavy. I can't really sing over that stuff. Mm. So we tried a few people and then Jason just sort of had this epiphany and went, what am I thinking? Um, Jamie, he's, and he's got a hell of a scream on him, that lad. Um, so Jamie, we've done a track called Vibrations. And we sent it to Jamie and he came back. And the moment we pressed play and heard that opening scream, we just went, yeah, this is going to be great. And it just went from there, really. And the thing is with it, it's it's a little bit frustrating, but not really, because it was never meant to be a band. It's not like a a, a new thing we're ever going to be able to tour because... For one, we didn't want to upset anybody in the Bullet camp. You know, when we were doing, when we done the Shadow Addict thing, you know, Bullet was a couple of months away from releasing new material, so it wouldn't have looked very good. Uh, so it's a little bit, bit frustrating, really. But we didn't want to. We thought it'd be cooler just to release it, put it out there. Um, we created a little Instagram thing. It's on Spotify, and it went down really well. You know, people loved it. We got a lot of you know really good response from him, but it's not something we'd ever tour, I don't think, because obviously Jason and, and Jamie have got their bullet thing, and we just didn't want to piss off anybody in the bullet camp because we're we're all friends and stuff. We yeah. know each other and didn't want to cause any friction for Jason and Jamie. But yeah, it's a, it's a great great fun project. I love it. With and for a start, it was a good way for me to get my seven string out because I've never used a seven string oh, ever. Okay, up until that project. It's never really been my thing, but I got a seven string for that project. And then we've written another EP. We've done another four tracks. And I thought we need to go heavier. So I got an eight string, <laughs> which was thinking about it. It's a waste of money in it, really. I mean, which is, you can't really see it. It's just back there, but you know, you're paying all that money for one extra string. Really? I might as well just, I don't even touch the other strings. Yeah. I was going to say, just get a heavier string on the, on the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's come out really good, and it's been yeah. really good fun for me to delve. I've never done, done anything quite that heavy before, guitar-wise. Yeah. And it's been nice doing it from just a guitar point of view, because when I do my own stuff, I produce it all and I mix it all, and it's quite a mission. Yeah. But it was nice having, because you know, Nick tucked up, produced the Shadow Addict stuff. So it was just nice for me to concentrate, get, get back into doing some guitar stuff again, and 
digging out all my old effects pedals and stuff that I used to use in the past. And I, I, some of the guitar stuff on that EP, I'm really chuffed with. It come out great. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, it's a hell of an EP. I mean, I enjoyed, I've enjoyed it. Um, I gave it airplay. I gave it club play. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, um, and and yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a good reaction to it. Um, I think because obviously the association with Bullet and everything as well, and mm. obviously it's something that's not going to tour. So the studio is what you're going to hear. Um, yeah. On that front, and um, I know Boldy got in. Uh, Jason Bold got involved in. Um, was in another project with Colin from Hundred Reasons. Yeah, I think that's been ongoing for years. Oh yeah, I, I had time. Colin yeah. on the show a few months back uh, to talk about yeah. it, and yeah, so it's a long-term thing. Um, mm. But no, just like he obviously Jason Bowl has been quite prevalent in the metal scene um, yeah. on that front. Obviously, you know, full time for Bullet, but he still has well, time. Jason's to do sort of like me; he's just all he does is write music. If you know, I don't, obviously he's a drummer, but he when he's not drumming, he's still writing lots of music for, he does a lot of music for, um, for TV and film like me. Yeah. And we've got quite a few, we've got a new little project on the go at the moment, actually. We've got an album of stuff that's going to come out next year. And it's, um, I won't say too much about what it is because it's, it's pretty different. It's not like Shadow Addict, that's for okay. sure. It's um, quite a different direction. But all I'll say is the guitars are very weird. The drums are very weird. It's okay. quite experimental. And it's cool. You know, Jason's really great to work with. We work together really, really quickly. So yeah. that's quite an exciting little thing to have on the go. Excellent. I look forward so, yeah, to hearing that. Um, so let's talk about your new album. Um, yeah. Pray Later, which is out now, everybody. Go listen to it. Um, yeah. So I, you, you said to me was it, a couple of weeks ago now, um, mm. and it's been on solid rotation. If I, had one of, if I was on Spotify, I'm sure it would show up on that. Um, <laughs> the end of year thing that's cracking around at the moment. Oh, um, I don't use that streaming service, unfortunately, so I don't get that end of year fun and shenanigans. Uh, unless it's for my podcast, because that's on there. Um, you know what they should do with all this end of year thing? Because everyone's posting, aren't they, today, like, you know, their stats and stuff yeah. like that. I think it'd be funny if everyone, instead of posting that, they posted their PRS statement instead. Oh, that would be amazing. Their actual royalty yeah. statement. And then then it might be slightly different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, there's the, yeah, there's a whole thing there with the guy at Spotify especially. Um, but any of the streaming services, um, I'm in total agreement, don't pay enough um, mm. when it comes to this, if they're charging for their service as well. Um, yeah. But also, you know, you know the sort of... I don't know. I don't know what it's like now with radio and stuff like that, getting PRS payouts for that. I know it used to be quite lucrative back in the day. Uh, get yourself a radio one play on Radio 1 and yeah, uh, you'd have yeah. a check for a few hundred quid at least popping, yeah, popping yeah. your way. Um, <laughs> but I don't know what that's like today because um, it's been a while since I've looked at any PRS-related yeah. things music-wise. I gave up looking at my stuff a long time ago. Um Purely because it was all like, my stuff is stuff that I do for TV. Yeah, so you, you're luckily get... there's an absolute shitload of it, so yeah. it's, it's it's good. But... Do you get do you get a lot of traction from that? I mean, obviously, I know it's not sort of mainly associated with you, but you know, I don't want to go into your finances or anything. But is it is it is that quite a quite an area to be in to have that kind of like income? Yeah, it's it's everything for for me. It's you know, when I stopped playing in bands, it's it was something I fell into, and I thought, well. I didn't want to stop writing music, but I'd had enough of playing in bands and the whole touring thing. Mm. And I just fell into this thing where I started doing um, a bit of session guitar for a few DJs and 
I sort of said to him, what's this for? Where's it going out? And it's like, oh, it's for production music. It's going out on EMI or whatever like that. Yeah. I didn't really know much about it, but I knew they'd done well out of it. And that's how I sort of fell into it. I thought, right, well, this is a way of I can stay creative and still keep keep cranking out the music, but actually make some bloody money out of it. And it's one of those businesses where you've got to have a lot of tracks out there. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've got friends of mine who have done like two or three tracks and then just moaned and gone, oh, I didn't see very much, not doing it, yeah, it's a waste of time. You need to be cranking it out like serious amounts. I mean, the main company I write for is called Extreme Music, or, or the biggest, well, well, pretty much the biggest out there. Mm. And I've racked up about 700 tracks with them now over the last God knows how long. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of tracks. And, you, you know, with figures like that, it, it's good. But there's yeah. no point just writing a few tunes. You've got to be on it. And it's just something I fell into. I, I didn't realise that I could write as many different styles as I could because when I finished playing in bands, I was only ever a guitarist. I never got involved in the production. I didn't care about the production. I've worked with some really good producers and some really shit ones, but I never really took any notice in what they were doing. All I cared about was guitars, where the PlayStation is, where we're going to go out tonight. I didn't care about the compression thresholds or anything like that. Yeah. So when I stopped playing in bands and started writing for TV, it was a bit of a sharp sort of learning curve because I realised I've got to do it all myself now. You know, you don't write a track and then get a producer in and get a mixer in and then send it to this company because that's just going to, you're not going to make any money from that because you would have spent God knows how much. Yeah. So you've got to do it all yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, I listen back now to tracks I've done 10 years ago and it's appalling, but those tracks still make money. Um, but I've got to the point now where, you know, you get briefs, you get sent briefs for all these different styles and genres. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that made me such a better musician than I was 15, 10 years ago, because you sort of think to yourself, well, can I write this sort of music? I've never tried to. And then you realize you can, and it's been really good. And I think that's why when I did the head wars album, it was a little bit all over the place genre wise, because, I'm into so many different styles of stuff and Mm. I enjoy writing so many different styles of stuff. So that came across, but yeah, it's a really good thing to get into, but you sort of fit to, to make proper money. You need to be doing it at the top, top level and writing a lot of tunes. So yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've got a few, um, so well associates friends that do do that. Um, they're mainly based over in the States and, and, but they, Mm. that was one thing I did notice. They are, they, they do, put out so much music even if it's like yeah. two minute kind of instrumentals or you know something along those lines they've got just a, an, a, a library of just different yeah. styles different different tracks different you know and they they get picked up for different things um yeah i mean but- i've slowed down a lot there was a period when i was writing seven or eight tracks a week yeah you no know, continuously for years um and i just i got to the point where You've, you write so much and you just get to the point where you just think, I don't need to be writing this much anymore. I can take my foot off the pedal a little bit. Mm. And that's exactly why I ended up doing these albums myself, my own albums again, because I sort of went full circle. I, I got fed up and disillusioned with playing in bands and, and fed into writing you know, for TV. And then after about sort of nine, ten years of doing that, I started to think, God, you know, I can do, I can do now what I couldn't do back then. You know, I can yeah. actually write all, everything myself and realise all these ideas I've got myself without needing anybody else. So I sort of came full circle again. And the idea of doing these albums was just 
purely really for myself. It was never like, I was never going to tour it. I won't tour it. Yeah. It was more just about, I, I think I would have been really frustrated with myself if in, you know, when I retire and I look back and go, you could have done better. So that's what I always keep saying to myself. Could I have done better? Could I have done better? And I listen back to some of the old band stuff that I've done. And I think it sounds fucking terrible for some of the production and stuff like that. But back then I didn't know how to produce. I was yeah. just a guitar player. So I kick myself a lot. I think I should have got into that a lot earlier. But at the same time, the way technology's it moved on in the last sort of 10, well, five or 10 years, it really suits how I write music. Yeah. Like, my brain is not set up for... I used to go into those big studios with huge desks, loads of outboard gear, loads of um, keyboards and MIDI, and it just fried I fried my brain. I just thought, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know how this all works. Yeah. And so when it all condensed down to being a lot more in the box and a lot more audio-based, and, you know, my studio that I'm sat in here is not big. You know, everything comes out of my computer, really. My computer is just packed with software synths and yeah. sounds and stuff like that, and hardly any outboard gear at all. And that's not a very purist way of doing it, but it completely suits my brain. And as soon as that fell into place, I just went, right, I'm off. And I think that's how I churned out so many tracks so quickly, because it's sort of my brain just went, right, yeah, I'm on board now. I get it. We don't, you know, all the outboard, all the all the outboard gear, all the MIDI stuff that done my head in. That's not there anymore. Yeah, yeah, I can do it all from one mother keyboard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that helps. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's one of those things where where technology, especially in the music industry, has evolved so so quickly. Um, you could you could literally do it. Well, it's it's it. You can be you do it in your phone. Your phone can be yeah. your studio now. There's, you, know, you can get a little mm. tiny adapter, you plug your guitar straight into it, microphone, whatever you need to do. It's got drum machines on there. Um, yeah. And compared to back when I was when I was younger and learning, um, like studio, I was live recording and, and studio engineering and stuff, it was all tape-based. So it was um, yeah. obviously the big desk, like you were saying about, um, a lot of like uh, racks of like, EQs, compressors, all that kind of stuff. All the, mm. you know, the reverbs, so everything was on there. It was just room full of flashing lights yeah. and then yeah, it goes on yeah. to physical tape um and then that had to be edited physically as well with razor blades and sellotape yep. um and then as as i sort of went through it was sort of at the dawn of kind of computer recording um it was on an atari falcon the first time i learned how to do that um yeah going way back um <laughs> it was a like green screen monitor and everything and it was cubase I was yeah, running on yeah. that and that's sort of i got the basic from that and now everything like like with yours in front of me right now is is pretty much my studio it's my my macbook pro yeah um that's sat here it's got everything i need in it ableton it's got my dj programs in there as well it's got tractor all that kind of stuff um and i use it i'm going to take it to the club tomorrow night and i'm going to use it there um i'm going to bring it home i'm going to edit this up you I know think, <laughs> I think, like you said those studios that look like starship enterprise where you just sat there and everything's flashing and beeping and going fucking out yeah. you know i i never really thought it just used to give me massive anxiety i just thought i couldn't i don't see how i could control this to make it sound how i want it to sound and yeah. i never really believed i could do it you know i never really believed i could produce i never really trusted myself to mix i always thought that's something you do because i used to love those days when that's one of my favorite oops one of my favorite things about being in bands was that period when you're you you head off to record an album yeah you know, we've i've done albums in la and albums in 
um, New York and you've got three months and you're going, you know, walking into the studio every day and it's great fun. I used to love that. I miss that a lot. I really miss the whole, I miss the creative, that creative side of things. Um, but it was something that I never thought I'd be able to do myself. And I think a lot of musicians are like that. You, we, everyone sort of push, puts themselves down a bit. And I had to really push myself. But I think um, that's why I just kept doing these, this next album. The, the Prey Later album was, you know, I was happy with the way Head Wars come out, but I still felt like I could, I could get it to another level. Yeah. Um, and I had more ideas. Um, I, I never really get writer's block. I've never really sat in front of a computer and gone, nope, I've got nothing. It doesn't happen. So it's just something I need to do for myself more than anything. Yeah, Whether so- 100 people are listening or, I don't know, 100 million, which yeah. isn't going to happen. We'll see your Spotify end of your results, aren't we? Um, <laughs> um, um, so, with that, with with, with Pray Later, what was the um, sort of the idea behind it? Because uh, the first one, mm. like you say, it was a, it was it, there was a few different topics going on uh, with Head Wars, yeah. um, and it, and it kind of felt like you say, like I mean, the title kind of gave it that that kind of like all everywhere feeling uh, of yeah. you know an internal Head War kind of thing going on. You just sort of a bit scattered mm. everywhere. This one seemed a bit more focused um mm. i don't know if that's the case when you came to writing it and there's there's a few different styles especially when it comes to yeah. your vocal style as well um because you do sing, you use your voice a lot more on this one yeah someone said that to me the other day one of my best mates said that because and again i don't consider myself a singer I've, it's something i've always shied away from i never really used to like doing backing vocals in any of the bands i played in um but i suppose it's the what I never used to enjoy was when I'd done the Victory Pill project and I was doing vocals, I didn't enjoy being the front man. I didn't like being up front. Mm. And that's one of the reasons I stopped doing that project because I didn't like the, the focus being on me, which sounds ridiculous because it was my, my band, you know. But I don't feel – I think to be a front man, you've got to be completely fearless and just be up there and, you know, fuck everything. I don't care what you think of me. And I'm not like that. I'm really, <laughs> that would bother me. I'm quite a self-conscious sort of person. And it got to the point when, you know, when I was doing gigs with the Victory Pill Band, it, I'd have like, anxiety attacks is a bit much, but I'd have sleepless nights worrying about the gigs and thinking, I'm going to forget the words. How am I going to be able to play and change pedals at the same time? And it just wasn't for me. I'm yeah. just not a natural I'm lucky enough to play in bands with incredible, the best frontmen, um, And I get to stand there and just do my thing. But so, yeah, when you say about the vocals on this, I think I let myself experiment a little bit more because I knew I wasn't going to do it live. There's not a chance of me doing it live. So that would have changed things. I think I wouldn't have done quite so much vocals on it, but yeah. it, it is more focused. It is a little bit more, because, yeah, like you said, the other album was a bit all, all over the place, but not intentionally. I was just excited. I think I was like, well, I'm going to do my own album. I've always wanted to do that. I've never <laughs> really done it. So, and it was just a case of, well, I could do this style, and I love that style. And for this one, I sort of honed it down into a little bit more of that sort of industrial electro yeah. angle. And just, again, getting different people involved. You know, my voice is nowhere near strong enough to carry 12 tracks, so... You know, I've got people like Abby, my wife, on a couple of tracks because yeah. she's just got such an incredible voice. Um, but meeting other people like Jamie, getting Jamie involved, who did, you know, the Shadow Addict stuff. He, yeah. He's vocal on a track called The Killing Ways. I love. Came out brilliant. Um, but I sort of learned to trust myself a little bit, try and push myself a little bit on some of these songs and um, actually sing a little bit. 
which feels weird. I don't like the I don't like the thing of singing. It makes you feel very exposed, very <laughs> naked, shall we say? Yeah, it's not something I would want to do live. Put it that way. Okay. Yeah. No. I, it's it, it's it. It's, I'm assuring you, it is very good. I, I'm enjoying the album and. It, the, the singing like it was it was because I, I remember the when I spoke to you last time you said you weren't you're not keen on being the front man like you just said then and 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 the vocals on the first one were a bit more shouty a bit more punk and but yeah. this one you kind of like like on Pray Later for instance um, yeah. the the title track I should say um, it it sort of, it carries and and it kind of gave me vibes of um, Gary Newman. Uh, sort really? of like of that the industrial sort of side the the more recent Newman if you will uh, not talking eighties yeah, yeah. cars pleasure principle Newman mm. um, I'm talking like his last like last couple of albums it was it um, Savage and oh god what was the last one I should know it but I can't it's only just come out um, but yeah no it just it really kind of it gave me that vibe and 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 it's sort of like that's my it's sort of one of my favourite styles if you will if that makes mm. sense um it, it's that kind of like it's got that electro pulse to it the industrial feel to it it's still got a kind of an aggressive edge but it just i don't know there's just something about that sound um and and your vocal carries that it's it's great i was just going to applaud you on that because i know you're not obviously you've, you've just said you're not very confident in it but keep going <laughs> <laughs> that's nice to hear it's nice to hear i think with with vocals i think it's one of those things where i feel like i have to be like lyrically it has to be telling a, some sort of story it has to have a point yeah whether it's just me ranting about how shit everything is like on the bar is low or yeah. <laughs> having a little pop-up having a little pop-up religion and things that annoy me just things that wind me up i feel like i have to there has to be little a little story there and because lyrics can be so throwaway and i hate throwaway lyrics because it's not just when i write a track i can hear the melodies very very quickly and then it's a case of right lyrically lyrics are hard you know sometimes yes yeah. it's, it's one of those things i've really um settled down into and i think again some of that has come from some of the music I've written for TV and film requires vocals. And I've been doing some stuff on like on okay. the side that people won't hear because, you know, it's out there, not under my name and it's all sorts of pseudonyms and stuff, stuff like that. So I've been doing more vocals and I quite like writing lyrics when I've got to be in my bonnet about something, you know, if <laughs> yeah, I couldn't write a song about, yeah, it's Friday night. Let's go out and get pissed. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's got to have a little bit of something to it for yeah. me to, I've got, but I've got to sort of believe in what I'm saying. Like you know, in pray later that track there. You know, I've, I've got very religious members of my family. You know, and it's it's not me having a a pop at them. It's more me saying my frustration at that. If you want to believe what you believe, that's fine. But you do your thing. I'll do mine. Yeah. And just don't don't try and push it on me. And I, I don't know. I think that's. So that was a little bit in my body I've had for a long time. The bar is low. It's something that's just me moaning that I've had in my brain for the last year or so. And yeah. So yeah, if I'm doing vocals, if I'm doing lyrics, I've got to have a good idea and a good <laughs> something at least. Yeah. No, I mean, the bar is low. Like I say, it's a perfect like, uh, moaning track, I suppose, um, <laughs> on there. Um, and it was like, what was the one on the first one? Uh, was it Zombie? Zombies was a moaner. Yeah. I was moaning about zombies. With, with the bar is low is more about 
I just got, I don't know about you, but TV just seems to, I don't want to sound like, oh, everything's shit, because it's not. There's some great stuff out there. But yeah. I feel like over the last couple of years, stuff has got, maybe just because there's so much out there because of Amazon Prime and Netflix and stuff like that, the quality level has just gone just through the floor. And, and what blows my mind is that so many people think it's fucking great. And, you know, like, for instance, every time the BBC does one of those, like, gritty dramas. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> The Line of Fire or yeah. um, The Bodyguard or that other shit one on the submarine, whatever yeah. it was called. You know, and it's, in, it's <laughs> on the front page of newspapers going, oh, this is the best thing ever. And I'll put off, if anyone says that, I'll just put off watching it. And occasionally I'll be bored enough to sit there and go, okay, I'll, one episode, I'll give it a go. And then I'll just sit there and think, I just don't get it. I can't see how this is. And, I, and it's also that sort of thing where everything has to be the best ever. It's not, you can't yeah. just say it's all right. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's okay. It's average. You know, you read some reviews like, um, I was doing an interview the other day and I went, on, went off on a massive rant. So I'm not going to do it. But The Last Jedi. Okay. I mean, for me, that was the end of Star Wars. You know, I've been into it since I was a kid. Yeah. Remember sitting in the cinema watching that film, going, "It's over. This is shit." I don't know. You know, I'm sure people quite like it, but for me, it was awful. And and then you go home and you read the reviews next day, saying it's the best film ever, and other stuff like um, we were talking before the you started recording about you know, how we both got this interest in histori- um, historical military history and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, when 1917 came out, I was quite excited about that. Because I was thinking there's never really been a really visceral film about World War One in a way that, I mean, I know Saving Private Ryan has got a lot of cheese in there from Spielberg. Some of that, I mean, the opening scenes and stuff like that, I mean, war has never been, I wouldn't know really, none of us, thank God, know what it's like. Yeah. But we can only imagine and I think that's as close as you're going to get to imagining it. Yeah. That was those opening scenes and some of the, the combat scenes in um, Saving Private Ryan. And I was thinking, 1917, okay, so we're going to see what it was like. And, I, you know, like I said to you before, I, I, I've been to the Somme, I've been to Passchendaele. I've, I'm a geek. I don't know why I'm a musician. I should probably be a <laughs> fucking historian. I'd love it. And, and 1917, and I read all the re- reviews of it saying how emotional it was and people cry- were crying in the cinema and I took my dad and my dad was like, oh, this, you're in for a bit of a rough, this could be a bit of a rough ride, son. You know, <laughs> strap yourself in. And we both watched it and just went, is it just me or is this shit? I just, I mean, I understand how cool it was having that one camera thing following all the way through. Yeah. But, the, you know, the acting and the storyline and I just felt they missed a massive opportunity to really show more about world war one and and that annoyed me <laughs> um i'm going off at a rant again no, no, that's all right. and then all the all the f- bloody marvel films and dc films and all that it just seems like you don't need to think you don't need to watch i, I tried yeah. i've tried to watch those films especially when scarlett johansson's in it i try very hard to watch those films <laughs> like you know black widow when that came out yeah i was you know my wife was like oh black widow we should watch it and i was thinking yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. why not? I didn't want to tell her that I'm <laughs> deeply in love with Scarlett Johansson. But even that was shit as well. You know, there was no substance to it. And I suppose yeah. I just miss having something really good. And there is good stuff out there, but I don't know. Are we ever going to get a series like The Sopranos again where you just think every episode ends with you going, yeah, this is the best thing. And yeah, there's a lot of... I suppose, 
Yeah. No, I was just going to say music it's not- as well. Oh. <laughs> the, bar, the bar is low thing was a little bit about music as well because I don't want to sound like an old git, but <laughs> I feel like a lot of music's so throwaway. And you know, when I said to some of my friends, "I'm going to do an album," they were, "You mad? No one does an album. Just do a couple of singles. Put out a single every week or every month." That's what people do now, and I just thought I don't want to do that. I'm not doesn't interest me at all. I wanted yeah. to write an album, like a twelve track album, and have a little bit of a story going through it. Or yeah. you know, I like the whole process of writing an album and thinking what's going to be the opening track, what's going to be the next one, how do I bring it down a little bit in the middle, bring it up a bit. I like you know, I love thinking about those sort of things, and that's how I used to absorb music when I was a kid. You know, you'd go to the shop and get i don't know when Alison chains dirt came out and you're like reading from reading the inlay card reading the lyrics just completely immersed in it and i just don't think you don't get that so i thought if i'm gonna do these albums and and that's why on pray later hooking up with the armor light guys i got to, to do a cd yeah um which is something i've wanted to do for quite a while even though i haven't, I haven't even got a cd player it's hilarious i've got one i've got it sat over there in my vision but I can't play it yeah luckily i know what it sounds like yeah but, it's good <laughs> it's like, um, it's like, yeah. so yeah it's it's a funny old thing it's just i suppose i feel like i'd like to be tested a little bit more watching tv and films yeah. and books and because it was a golden period wasn't it but maybe just everything's oversaturated and there's so many streaming things they've got to keep up the content yeah especially could- with the whole lockdown thing yeah I mean, I think but that's anyway. it. It's, 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 there's a lot of, there's a lot of need for new content and it's kind of, it's like, it's like the music industry when there is a popular, um, genre, it suddenly becomes saturated because they're just churning stuff out after a while. And I think it's yeah, the same yeah. with like that every sort of like comic book property got purchased after Marvel sort of started to really sort of yeah. be successful with making movies. Um, but then, I I've I've found myself like, especially with the Star Wars I can relate to you on that one it's it's very like I got when I watched the last the last Jedi and and the one before that I had this sort of like moment of like shit these ones aren't for me anymore yeah, yeah it's <laughs> like, not about us anymore like, it's for the kids and- the, the the original trilogy fantastic that set your imagination alight I mean I was yeah like yeah. very young at the time but you know a space movie and you're like you know, and that went went on to like uh, Nighthawks, uh, Battlestar Galactica on TV, Star Trek, all that kind of stuff. Mm. And it was just like it just sort of when you're young, your imagination goes in. And then watching the new, like the other trilogy that George Lucas did, there yeah. were moments in that, but I didn't really have the sort of like, it, you know, the I, don't, I guess I didn't realize at the time that it wasn't made for me. It was made for a mm. person my age then, not my age now <laughs> yeah exactly and that's what i think a lot of us of a similar age struggle and, with the yeah. fact that they've taken away our stalls well, but the they, thing is though yeah. you've got rogue one which was so good that was i was gonna say so good and that was like look at what you could have won and yeah. i was thinking these next films are gonna be oh mate this is gonna be so good and rogue one was perfect i think they yeah. should have just done rogue one and just finished it because I didn't really get i couldn't really do the mandalorian the storyline was fucking ridiculous and you know, it was all the whole thing was. Do you do you watch South Park? Yes. You know, South Park. Yeah. Do you remember the member berries? Remember? Oh yeah, the little yeah, member yeah, yeah. berries. Yes. It was all about nostalgia. Yeah. Remember? remember, remember Han Solo. <laughs> remember Boulder Fett? That's what the Mandalorian was for me. I was watching it, going, 
The storyline is shit. The Yoda thing is purely for people to buy because oh, it's totally. cute. Yep. Um, but I'm sitting there going, oh, look, do you remember that fella there? Oh, do you remember that fella? Oh, do you remember that bounty hunter? And that's all I was doing in The Mandalorian was, remember? Yeah. Remember? Remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it was. No. But it wasn't for us and, you know, I've got to move on. But, you know, I sound like a hypocrite as well because all these Marvel films that just do my head in and then the most successful track off of, there was a track I did on the Head Wars remix album. I got my friends Imperium to remix yeah. the track called Caged <laughs> and then suddenly one day my phone goes mental all these people tagging tagging me in, on Instagram I was like what's going on and oh this, your track's used, been used on blah 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 blah. I was like what, what's that it was a thing called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier oh yes which is like a, a Marvel thing yep and uh, <laughs> basically what had happened was the villain Nemo who had gone into a club and was sort of doing this dad dance in the club. Yes. And they'd used my track in the background for him to to dance to, because all the fans thought it was hilarious, him, yep. him doing his dad dance, and uh, asked Marvel to do an hour-long loop of him dancing. And they used my track for that hour-long loop. Wow. So <laughs> that racked up. That was hilarious. That racked up, like, millions of plays on Spotify and stuff like that. And eventually people started going, you know, what's his tune? What's his tune? So, you know... There's me going, oh, another superhero film, but yeah. my stuff gets used on it. Yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah, you, you know, you don't have to appreciate. I, was, I remember that happening actually. I remember that, like, and suddenly seeing everything, everyone tagging your stuff in it. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like because before I've had, I've had like uh, people who I know have like their track used at like Call of Duty trailer yeah. and stuff like that, and it's like, oh, it's crazy. It's like, you know, it's not yeah. used in the game, but it's used for the, you know, the pre-trailer or whatever on that side of it um or like some of those events where they release the games or you know announce the mm. games and they have the tracks in the background but no that was fine i remember that because i remember the i remember the sort of hour-long like dance thing and everything like that the loop and it was quite funny <laughs> actually that brings me to the question where, where's the strangest place you found your music being played like what like of all the toilet really no, 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 no. I was going to say, as in on on TV. <laughs> yeah, like the strangest TV show or movie or something complete. Because obviously, you put your music out there, and it's licensed mm. to, you know, I guess multiple yeah. companies. Yeah. Um, but and then they can essentially. Do you get a say on where it gets used, or is it just like they're paying no, for it? No, I mean, I, I sort of write for I write for extreme music. Yeah, so everything I do goes out through them, which is one of the reasons I wanted to do these solo albums because I knew I had an outlet for it anyway, and it was going to be worth doing. Yeah. Um, but I don't have a side. I have, most of the time, I have no idea where the stuff gets used until very occasionally I'll hear it on TV. Like, for instance, I was watching, um, I'm really into the F1, yep. the uh, Grand Prix stuff. And I was watching the Drive to, Survi- Drive to Survive thing on Netflix because it's so good. Yeah. And loads of my tracks were on that. And I thought that was really cool. There was loads of really cool scenes nice. featuring a couple of the tracks from Head, um, Head Wars and other stuff. And that was cool. Um, I was watching stuff like the Grand Tour and that pops up on that all the time. But to be honest with you, I'm a bit desensitized to it now because when you first start doing this, you get really excited. Go, oh, that's my track. That's my track. But now I sort of sit there watching telly and I'll go, I recognize that. What is it? Oh, it's one of mine. But it doesn't really (laughs) excite me like it used to because that's the business, you know? But I've, I've had tracks on some proper rubbish but who cares i couldn't care less because that's the business you're in yeah yeah a, a lot of the stuff gets used on reality tv okay uh but it gets gets used on some really cool stuff i got some stuff used on um 
some of the trailers for Rogue One and stuff like that. And right. So for all the good, all the shit stuff, but I say shit stuff, it makes money, so who cares? Yeah. But the the there's there's good stuff as well. Oh. But, you know, you can't be fussy about that. No, I was just curious to see where, like, if obviously, you know, where the con- if there's any control where it goes, but also nah. if there's any, like, you've just been randomly watching, I don't know, a, a kid's show or something like that, or something pops up and you just hear one of your instrumentals in the background i just like yep. or if you're watching like eastenders or something or Corey, it's just like on the radio in the background or something the thing like that. Is, is i don't watch i don't watch those progress or sort of programs a lot of stuff like you know keeping up the kardashians and all that bollocks you know my missus watches a lot of that so you know and occasionally i might watch it yeah you know it's just easy on the eye some of it <laughs> but i you know i do hear stuff on there and you sort of go oh half of you goes oh that's cool never half goes is it again that's a different side to what i do that's my composer yes yeah as compared to artists yes yeah no i was just going like because if you know if it's that thing if you had control of where it went would you have allowed it allowed it to go on some of the things you've heard it on or do do you see where like on your like sort of like i get (laughs) payouts or 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 statements Mm. or anything does it say um what show it's used on or i'm just curious yeah. i've never had this so does it yeah, show like yeah, you know yeah. 20 seconds on such and such show and stuff like that yeah well i used to in the old days when i first started doing it i would i'd get my statements through and and sort of go through it meticulously and go oh that got used on that that got i get to the point now where it comes through and i just haven't got time yeah the last statement was 1700 pages over 1700 pages long i just i haven't got time to sit and look through it you know yeah. it's just so i'll look at what done the best out of interest yes but you know it's a it's a real um some tracks get you you get used but hardly you don't get hardly anything for it yeah so you'll get i've had you know everyone who's been doing it as long as i have has had a lot of good wins but you get a lot of, a lot of tracks can be 50p's here 10p's 20p's but then you'll get your your good ones. It's very much a lottery. You've got to keep someone for when I first started doing it. Someone said to me, "It's like you've got to keep feeding the fire. You've just got to keep yeah. chucking tracks in there. If you let it burn out, then you know you're not going to make proper money from it. And uh, yeah, you just got to keep stoking the fire with yeah. stuff. No, that's fair enough. I just like um, what do you get? Much like the sort of like music streaming services, mm. and you've got like the TV shows through so Netflix, Disney, etc., mm-hmm. Amazon, do they, do they pay, still pay less than the others? Like if you were to get, say a Netflix play or is that, is that so? Cause I don't know how that would work. Like in my experience, it's the Netflix side of things is minimal. Okay. Really minimal. You'd think when you, because it's on streaming stuff, which means it must get played loads that it would pay all right. But I don't think it does. I just because I, I know, like back in the day, like getting like just radio play was enough, yeah. you know, on that front. But obviously, getting TV play, like like you know, terrestrial TV, I suppose is the term. Yeah. It was like especially like BBC or something like that. It was quite, I say, lucrative. I say the mm. money was was you know because it was a, I don't know, I guess the, the sort of, I don't know it's it's an odd one to try and like fathom because I'm like. You know, with the streaming with the music, if you physically sell the CD, you make more money, theoretically, yeah. than you do from what someone streaming the album multiple times. Yeah. And and I was just there's, curious. There's as no to money that. to be made for me personally. I, I, there's no money to be made in 
sort of the streams of the albums and yeah. stuff like that. You know, funny enough, you know, when I, I've got like a composer Spotify page, just just because my stuff has to go somewhere, it yeah. has to go somewhere. So I've, it's under a different name, and I've got tracks up there that have got like hundreds of thousands of plays because they've been found from TV shows and people shazam them and find them and stuff yeah. like that. But there's no income really to be made from that, that side of things, um, you know. And that's the whole point of you know when I was doing started doing these new albums, I went into it very very knowledgeable about the fact that this is i'm not good it's not about selling albums it's yeah. not about you know, people get really tied up about how many plays you have on spotify because it looks good and if i was in a young band starting out you'd sort of need the first thing a record label is going to say to you is what's what's your spotify streams like yeah um, you need to have that but for me at this stage game i couldn't care less it's it's more a case of it's out there if people want to find it. It's a very easy way to listen to music. Yes, it's a very throw throwaway way to listen to music. But I do it. I've you know I'm I'm subscribed to it. I do it. But um, you know I've got friends who are in bands who have racked up you know a quarter of a million plays on some of their stuff. But you know I know that they couldn't if they played down the pig and thistle on a Friday they'd struggle to sell it out. Yeah, you know it doesn't those sort of plays don't equate to um, a huge following or anything it's, it's just looks good yeah basically so it's just you know spotify is a hard thing unless you're on a record label that's got ins with playlists and stuff yes. like that yeah you know it's it's hard to do it's very hard to get on those things i just like the fact that it's out there yeah if people want to if you if you want to find it you'll find it and uh, yeah. that's all that matters no that's that, that yeah i mean it's, it's a lot more accessible now than it was and it's I always like a like especially a lot of new artists that kind of that do worry about that side of things. I always say it's an open playing field for them. So they're releasing like if they're releasing the same day as I don't know, let's pick a big one, Taylor Swift or yeah. Adele or whoever like big artist. You, you, theoretically, you've got a level playing field with them, it, mm. but they've obviously got the promotional part to get you know get it played everywhere and playlists. But yeah. whereas before you were fighting for um shelf space in hmv or mm. um you know not it not getting put out in time as well or not reaching mm. the shelf on release day and stuff like yeah, that yeah. And you paid for the plinth if you will in 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 the sort of record stores where people could go to the listening post and hear it um, yeah that was cool i enjoyed yeah i just love that yeah i remember um, jesus i remember before fat the land came out they, there was a marketing stroke of genius where all the record stores had a little little sign um, that came from Excel Recordings that said, "No, the Prodigy album's not out yet." You know, and it was out every. You know, I remember going to my local shop and it said, "No, it's not out yet." And that was genius. That was really yeah. clever. And you don't really you don't get that so much anymore. I suppose, and that is a shame. And that's why I quite like putting out like physical stuff, even if people don't really buy physical. CDs no, I mean I, I love my physical stuff. I love vinyl. I got my my decks there under this thing yeah. here um and i got like three or four record boxes right next to me full of full of stuff um yeah. varying from dance music to prog rock so <laughs> got my dad's old collection kind of thing and then mixed up with a nice. uh, bunch of uh, classic drum and bass from the late 90s and then, and there's, uh, you know, there's massive pluses for spotify as well you know if yeah. you, like you said if you're a new band it's very easy to get music out there yeah. you don't need record companies you can get it out there yourself. Yeah, exactly. But it depends if you want to take it up to the next level. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and um, 
during lockdown and everyone everyone was doing these oh hi guys yeah i've got it i'm doing an acoustic zoom gig tonight you know tune in and it's oh fuck off um everyone was doing it weren't they yeah guys tune tonight gonna be doing some acoustic but the thing is for some bands that was the only way they could generate any kind of anything for i know i've got friends of mine that are in bands a lot of my friends are a crew they've been screwed for the last couple of years now almost it's ridiculous and um I watched one, um, there was one live stream thing that I watched and I, I've said, I never, I said I was never going to do it, but I watched one and it was when Phil Anselmo done a, a Pantera, redone, redone, okay. vulgar display of power. Yeah. And I watched it and I was just thinking, tell me this isn't the future of live music because I can just see record companies now going brilliant. This is fucking great. Yeah. So we'll sign a new band and we don't have to give them tour, tour support. We'll just give them a shitty old laptop and go, there you go, open up Zoom, do some gigs, and we don't have to do a thing. You, you no, know, you're not leaving the country. You just do it on Zoom. You, yeah. yeah, I mean, a that's lot a, of, That's a worry. So was, I hope the streaming side does die on its ass. Yeah, it was something that was picking up traction. Um, and I know, I think Live Nation have purchased or have the means to do live stream shows yeah um and i know they have been kind of doing like i know corn did one recently um i don't know if that was live nation or not but they're they're yeah it's a, it's a weird one um i mean my my sort of side of it is i mean i work for total rock on that side and i help them with their streaming platform so i'm like <laughs> having some sort of like live shows and stuff is is but not the one thing I found really weird was when bands were up on like say a stage and there was no crowd there, yeah. but they were giving it like there was a crowd there and, and yeah. it, it felt, it felt fake. I know some bands like when, when you practice, you do sort of go through what you're going to do on stage. I've been there, yeah. you know, this point we're going to talk to the audience, this part, we're going to do this bit that we do. Mm. And you know, and you all have your, your moot, your thing on stage. Yeah. But watching bands sort of being that way, but with no one in front of them. Like, I know it's yeah. like, you know, when you start off as a band, you go and play it like, you know, the dog and thistle, like you say, in front of no one. Um, <laughs> and you kind of do that anyway. But watching it for a live stream where people were watching, but no one could interact. Yeah. So it's I mean, that. It's, it's I like, don't go to many gigs anyway, but I did go and see Bullet play down in Brighton a couple of weeks ago. And it was brilliant. I loved it. Loved it. I just loved the fact that I'm not going to get into a big COVID rant or anything like that, but I just sort of feel like we've got to that point now where everyone has had, I mean, I've had three, four fucking jabs this year. The majority of people have. And you're thinking, when I say say the kids, I don't mean kids because a lot of them are quite (laughs) grown up now, but people who want to go and see live music are the ones that are just missed out so much over the last year and a half of nearly two years it was just so good to see a crowd going for it and this whole stay safe thing destroys me because what is there to feel unsafe about at the moment after you've had all those jabs you know and you know for kids who are very very you know the the, the risk is so minimal to these people that and you're taking away that that experience that live experience and going sitting here on a laptop watching it saying there you go do that instead yeah so I just really hope that we can get things back to normal 
soon. Yeah, I mean, getting back to DJing and stuff like that, like in my club and everything, that's that was weird to start with, to be perfectly honest, coming out of that. Um, a lot of people, a lot of hesitancy. Um, but over the past few months, it's been picking up. Like, people are coming out, and it, it's feeling like a regular night, if that makes sense. So the dance yeah, floor is packed, yeah. and people going yeah. for it. They want a mosh pit in these fucking clubs as well, which is fun. Um, but, it, you know, and... and now that we're sort of, you know, I'm not going to talk about it, but it, you know, it, it's starting to feel like the fear is kicking in again for people. Or that there just needs to be to... some sort of proportion. Things need to be put into proportion. There's, we've lost all sense of proportion. Yeah. When this thing started, it was. I remember the health secretary going, "This is, you know, dangerous to such a small amount of people." You know, we're going to. Before the jabs came out, everyone was. Oh, I'm going to wire myself up by getting into all this. But <laughs> yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I just feel like we've lost all sense of proportionality. Like this whole yeah. thing with Opti fucking crumb or whatever it's called, the new variant yeah. thing. You know, God, we've had all these jabs. Surely, I mean, the funny thing is, after I went to that bullet gig, I went to a couple of football games as well. Got the flu straight away because I hadn't been around anyone and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was on my ass for a week. And I was thinking, well... If I do get this Opticron variant, or whatever it's called, I bet you my symptoms are going to be so minimal because I've had so many bloody jabs yeah. that I probably won't even notice I've got it. And it's, it's, I just think we've lost all sense of proportion about who is affected by it and how badly affected they are. Yeah. You know, I've got friends of mine, again, I don't want to get into it really, but I've got friends our age who have died of cancer during, during lockdown yeah. and... Our chances of dying of cancer are one in two. Everyone's got that. That's a that's that's a statistic we should be worried about. Yeah, really. Yeah. If you want to be hysterical about something, be hysterical about that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's but, um, yeah. no, I agree. I'd, I'd like I could I could go on phrase, but it's just you know my 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 sort of day job is very public. It's like I'm in I'm in the thick of like especially at the moment with like we yeah. just had Black Friday. And we're obviously running up to Christmas, so everyone's out shopping. Yeah. It's in a retail sort of setting, but it's just yeah. you know, he's it, it, trying to scare these people off. I think, yeah. <laughs> but you yeah. suddenly I mean, start not, feeling I mean, it when you're surrounded by people. It's yeah, like the whole like, anti-vax thing blows my mind, and that's just but that's just human nature, you know. Yeah, there's, there's still all... people out there to this day that believe that the Earth is flat. We're yeah. never going to how how in the year 2020, there's still people out there that believe that when they die they're going to go to heaven and it's going to be beautiful and all their family are going to be waiting at the gates for them and yeah. and that's there's millions of people that believe that. Yeah. So you know the anti-vax thing. I don't. I can't get my head around that. You know, I'm very, very anti-COVID hysteria. Yes. But I've had all my jabs. I'll have, yep. have as many jabs as you give me. Use me as a dartboard. Yep. Don't give a fuck. <laughs> if it just gets things back to some sense of proportionality, then yeah. whatever. Yeah. I mean, I've I've kept the the app on my phone. I got pinged today, so I'm like, I'm not surprised. I get. I don't have to isolate because I've I've had the three jabs as well. So. Like the, even the, like you put in the little questionnaire, you just go, "We he double vaccinated? Yep, he this, this is. Oh, you don't have to do anything." But I was in contact is, with someone that. Thing is, uh, I'm, asthma- I'm asthmatic. I've always been asthmatic. Yeah, you know, quite badly asthmatic. And I never played that card up until they reintroduced masks this time round again. And this time, I'm just thinking, I can't do it. I'm not. I'm not doing it. And it's it's just again, it would divide opinion. Yep, but. Um, I've been out and about this week and 
it's a real 50-50 amount of people that are doing it and aren't doing it. And yeah. I feel like it's a very, I don't know, I don't want to get too into it really. No, that's but right. I, f- it. I feel like whenever <laughs> I go out, I have to carry my inhalers with me because yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. No, I mean, you, you've got a cause for concern there. So it's not like, you know, it's nothing. I mean, I've got brothers who are asthmatic. I've got a, I've got an issue that puts me in the vulnerable spot as well. So, you know, I, I just, it's just, it's the hysteria. Like you say, it's the hysteria that, that, that surrounds it, that just does not help at all. And it's constantly the, the you know, you watch the news and they're constantly going about the new variant. Even then there's like, these doctors saying this variant, the symptoms are very mild, but no one's listening to that. <laughs> Everyone's thinking new variant, new vaccine, you know, and it's like, you don't need a new vaccine. The other one's been fine working with the others. Just to see it's too early to tell. There's going to be hundreds of other variants. And, and that's the way viruses work. You know, there's always a different anyway. flu virus every year. So, exactly. you know, anyway, exactly. anyway, back enough, enough of that. And back to the music. Exactly. Exactly. Um, there was something like last time I totally forgot to ask you about. It's going to take yeah. you back. Cause we talked about your time in pitch shifter, uh, and your time with the prodigy and all that kind of stuff. But you did, um, work with, there's a, I really love Maxim's album, Hell's Kitchen. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. and I know you did. You worked. Is it one or two tracks on that as well? Yeah. How how was that? Because I absolutely love that album. Calm and Queasy is like an amazing track you did with uh, Skin. Yeah. On that album, that's funny. You should bring it up. <coughs> yeah, I done um a lot with Maxim. You know, I see him quite regularly. Yeah. Lovely guy. Lovely, lovely guy. Uh, that was one of the, there was a track called Scheming. Oh yes. That I played. Yep. I did guitars on, and a couple of others, and it was around the time I was doing stuff on the Fat Land album and I was just sort of doing guitars with all of the guys really I'd done I was sort of going around to Leroy's place and doing some bits for him and then yeah. going over to, to Maxim's place and doing stuff for him but that was real nice that was a cool little buzz doing the stuff on that album that um, Hell's Kitchen album because in my sort of discography timeline I suppose it goes from doing absolutely shit all <laughs> playing in pubs to <laughs> land yeah. which is a bit of a head fuck to be truthful yeah. and then you know the next thing on from that would have been the Hell's Kitchen stuff but yeah not many people not many people bring that up so yeah yeah no I was just because I, I had it written down last time and I think I just because we were just talking and it just got missed on the thing mm. but it's one of my it's what it's up there as one of my favourite albums like um, it, it's 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 just so dark sort of this dark trip hop mm. kind of thing going on um, which was very kind of different from what he was doing, obviously with the prodigy and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and I know he's, he's out, he DJs a lot as well now, doesn't he? Maxim. Yeah. Know. Sometimes not quite as much. No. He's very much into his art at the moment. Oh. Okay. I know Leroy goes out. He, he, DJs yeah. Thorn, he, he does. I was out of him last weekend. We went yeah. and saw an Imperium play. That was great. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And no, I've, I just, I, I, I mean, I've, I mean, I think I told you last time, fat of the land and, and general prodigy sort of, era stuff that was my that was my sort of college years so um, it was Me like too. yeah um <laughs> very much very much i remember recording tracks off the radio from fat of the land when they exclusively played it on radio one breeze block at like two in the morning and yeah. stuff like that just sort of memories of doing that and and and, and yeah and obviously pit shifter and stuff which we talked about last time mm. you know um and they're sort of they've just re-released dot com as well haven't they on the they did a vinyl re Okay, they've done a vinyl re-release <laughs> of oh, the dot com album. Just, just to let you know, um, I missed out on it on the pre-orders. So, <laughs> um, 
but yeah um, they're, they're, I mean they're still busy doing stuff they had the gigs lined up for this year but unfortunately they've been postponed until next year now so um, still got my ticket so I'm going to go see them up in uh, up in Nottingham I think so should be good um, but yeah I mean so it's like with, with, with Hell's Kitchen because it's kind of a I don't know was it it's kind of a cult classic I suppose is the sort of yeah. word, word on that side of it because it was very like in the time of that and and like I said, the likes of Tricky, Massive Attack, mm. um, that sort of era is that very slow, sort of grinding, very different from the sort of like fast-paced prodigy stuff um, at the time. Mm. And obviously, like I say, you worked on Scheming. So did you work on any other tracks or was it just that one that you, you provided? No, I did, for? but I can't remember what they are. Oh, okay. The funny thing is, occasionally people pop up on my Instagram and go, like a lot of crazy Russians, and go, oh, did, did, didn't you play on this track for, for Maxim? And I actually had to Google it myself. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. Because I actually, yeah, played on quite a lot of stuff. Yeah. But you tend to forget it sometimes. So No, I was just I was curious because, I, like I said, I love that album and it, I totally missed it last time. So kudos nice. for that. <laughs> I still Thank play tracks yeah, from it now. Nice. I have to give it a blast again. Yeah, yeah I mean, like I say, Carmen Queezer, I remember seeing that video on uh, on MTV um, yeah. back then and it was obviously him and Skin from Skunk and Ancy and um, uh, like an amazing track amazing like you know yeah. just sort of and, and it plays well in the club as well so I do these like alternative nights and stuff like that and I, I drop that one occasionally like who's this this isn't Skunk and Ancy I said no 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 this is you know guy from the Prodigy yeah. and the and the and Skin from Skunk and Ancy yeah. and like oh, what is this new I'm like no no this has been out for almost 20 years <laughs> <laughs> just to age myself um but uh yeah it's like when i drop uh i got a vanilla ice um he did a new metal album yeah, i know totally I on a tangent uh in like 1999 he worked with ross robinson so he did a proper new metal album and uh he did a he did a version of ice ice baby yeah. and i dropped that in the club and they're like who's this who's this it's vanilla ice I'm like no I'm like, yeah <laughs> it's great um but yeah i, I, I guess we'll wind things up now if that's all right i, mm. I i've kept you for for a while doing this it's been great i love it um yeah, it's all good fun excellent excellent i mean last time we got your sort of like you know top albums and and hobbies and stuff which we've kind of brushed on here but um my en- ending question on this one uh is uh well i've got two actually what's your best live show you've ever been to and what's your favorite bit of studio gear sort of give you a heads up on the right. second one <laughs> right, so this is probably where you pause this interview for about 20 oh, minutes it's alright there's like, always a gap here it's where people go get a drink I and think then come back the tricky thing was the live show side of things oh actually I, I know Yeah, I know I know go on. I had to think about that because obviously being on tour you play with so many bands that I ended up playing on tour with so many of my favourite bands Yeah, you get to see them like for instance Pantera I was obsessed with, I've always been obsessed with Pantera. Dimebag Daryl was like best guitarist, I think. Yeah. Definitely best metal guitarist ever. Yeah. Um, so I was always obsessed with them. But then you, you go from being, obs- you know, a big fanboy of this band to suddenly being on tour with these people and seeing them every day. And that's, you know, I never really, I'm not very cool, Barnaby. I'm not one of these people that can go, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, hi Dimeberg, man. Yeah, yeah it's every day. I'm just, <laughs> yep. I was on on the Ozfest. I was there going, <laughs> it's fucking Dimeberg. You know, I'm a fan of music. You know, I'm not ever going to try and play it cool because I can't. I can't pull it off. I'm just always going to go. 
we're going to oh, it's Tom Morello. <laughs> um, so I was I was struggling to think, but I think it was going to have to be. I saw Pantera when they were doing Vulgar Display of Power, um, and I think it was at. God, I have to try and get this right. I'm pretty sure it was a Hammersmith Apollo or Odeon, okay. whatever it was called back then. Yeah. And it was Pantera, and I think Alice in Chains were playing. I think they were supporting. But it's definitely a Pantera gig. So it was either that okay. one or when they played the Astoria for, for Vulgar Display of Power. Nice. And I think those gigs were just brutal. Yeah. So I heavy. Know. I can imagine. Favourite piece of studio gear. Um, it's hard to say now, isn't it? Because I'm looking around the studio and there's, everything's in my computer. <laughs> well, what's, so your, go, what's your go-to plugin then? What's the like? If as soon as you're sort of like going to come up and write something, what's your what do you fire up first? That's that's a good question. Yeah, because I've never ever start with guitars or anything like that. I never, to be honest with you, when I'm writing stuff, I start with loops, get a good drum loop, get a good bass line, and then build around that. Okay. These days. I, I, I resent almost having to go like this. <laughs> it, yep. You know, plug it in, tune it up. It goes out of tune every 10 seconds. And pedals, I've got pedals all over the floor here, and I can't find the fucking adapters for them all. And <laughs> some of these pedals are knackered from the old days. I've got this pedal. Where is it? Oh. It's filter pedal. Oh, wow. which I used all the time. And it's knackered. It doesn't work. But the sound it makes is still so incredible. <laughs> it's not supposed to make that sound. Yeah. But I don't know where, you know, so if I want to put some guitars in, it takes me half an hour to find the adapters and all the leads. <laughs> so I tend to tend to resent having to play guitar these days. I don't do it that much. Maybe that's why there's not so much. Then again, there is quite a lot on Pray Later. It's just more subtle and more textural. Yeah. Um, so synth-wise... There's one called Nexus that Nexus. I use quite a lot. And the good thing about that is you can constantly update it with all these add-on packs for different sort of sounds and oh, stuff wow. like that. Okay. And I think Omnisphere, there's a massive, massive synth. I say massive, it's just massive because it's got so many preset sounds in there. So many sounds. And sometimes when I'm writing a track, either for, my, for myself or for um, cinematic stuff or TV or whatever, it takes me longer to find the sound than it does to write a track because I'm constantly going through this sound going, I love that, I love that, I love that. And you have to, <laughs> at some point, go, just make a decision yes. and stay on that sound. Yeah. So, so that's why some of the tracks in my albums have got like 150, 160 channels of stuff running because I, I just find so many sounds that I want to get in there. And I don't chuck them in there just to get them in there, but... Um, Omnisphere is one of those synths where there's just so many good things to choose from. It's, it makes it hard sometimes to, to, to just go right. I've learned to do it now. Yeah. In the old days, I'd be sitting there going, I've just spent the last two hours just going through sounds, you know, and I could have written a track by then. So I've learned to hone it a bit more and I've got my go to sounds and cool. stuff like that. So that's what makes writing my own albums fun now because I've learned what all my favourite stuff is and what sounds good for yeah. all the other stuff I've done. That's good. So it makes it a fun process. That's awesome. And what's your sort of, um, your door of choice, DAW? Um, I like the bi-folding ones. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, or a patio. I like a slider. Not the, not the swing? The swing doors? Like a barn door? No, 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 no because, no, no, they <laughs> tend to, in the wind, catch a bit of wind and yeah. the thing off the top. Uh, logic audio. <laughs> logic audio. Always been logic audio. Cool. 
<laughs> I couldn't use anything else. No. My brother-in-law, who's who writes some, some incredible stuff, he uses um, Cubase, and I go around and sit and look at his screen and just go, no. Honestly, I can't imagine Ryan using Cubase and Appleton. You know, my mate Leroy, he uses Appleton. Yeah, he's tried to get me off of um, Logic quite a few times. It's just never going to happen. It's just like I said, my brain is wired in a certain way when it comes to writing music, and the way I've got everything set up here just works. Yeah, if I changed anything, it would just slow me down and for a, a lot. Yeah, yeah, I jump between Logic and uh, Ableton myself, so it's. Uh yeah i certainly i certainly logic is is just feels a lot more i don't know it feels a lot more solid. powerful solid it is these days um so it's it's uh yeah no logic's a hell of a program i mean i came from cubase i used i think reaper for a while which is like a freeware one um actually there was one that really confuses me i don't know what like looking at it have you ever heard of a, a program called renoise no oh. no um it's like making music with lines of code that makes sense like it just reads patterns right. of code and stuff sounds like, horrible yeah there's some people that can do it and there I, I look at it i'm like no my brain will not can't take that <laughs> it's no like audio in front of me so it's like there <laughs> you're a fiddler aren't you you're one of these people that i've got friends that are fiddlers they'll instead of writing a tune they'll sit there fiddling with like a hi-hat sound or, or loads of different oh, maybe <laughs> loads of different presets not presets loads of different plugins be fitting away for the time it takes me to write a tune yeah no i've 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 stopped doing that i used to do that with like the snare drum the kick drum and yeah. just sort of hone get my own sound if you will but yeah i found i found like a, you know a couple of kick drum sounds i like a couple of snares i like they complement each other you know cymbals yeah. hi-hats stuff like that and and now i, I you know it's it's a lot easier than it used to be. <laughs> like I don't a have to do easier. that. Um, but yeah, I used to I used to tinker a lot with with the different sounds myself. So, but yeah, you read me right. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Jim, thank you very much, man. I've enjoyed Pleasure. this um, again. Uh, it was great the first time around. It's great second time around. So Thank we'll you. definitely do it again next time you've got something yeah. going on or, you know, maybe in person. Yeah, give me a couple of months. I'll have another one. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, maybe not quite yet. But... <laughs> you never know. You might get your inkling to play live again. You never know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm still waiting for that PS5. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> cool well man thank you very much and uh good luck with everything hopefully i'm gonna uh, we'll bump into each other at some point uh show i mean i'm I'm in and around london occasionally so that sort of area travel around but no and i appreciate your support and liking the album don't take that sort of thing for granted at all it's it's very cool to hear keep producing that's what i like and shout out to steven akira as well because i know you're with them for a little bit there (laughs) wearing their hoodie right now i'm gonna be doing some stuff with them soon i think so that should be good fun excellent well um nice one barnaby have a good rest of your evening man thank you very much thank you pal cheers see you again bye-bye bye-bye